Joshua Cribs turns disaster into a score! Ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. Wash it down with one beer, two beers, three beers, a shot of whiskey, a margarita, and a bloody Mary. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? Swung in and drilled, deep right center, away back, gone for Tony. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. How is she awful? Kate's freedom. And now, Any Given Podcast with your hosts, Brendan Ward and Ethan Simpson. Hello and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Any Given Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ethan Simpson, sitting, well not really sitting, but across from me with my main man, Brendan Ward. And let me tell you what, we have the best shirt you could buy as a Cleveland fan on sale. Whether you're an Oklahoma Sooners fan or you're a Cleveland Browns fan. Numbers don't lie. The B is a six. I think by now you've already gotten why the B is a six, but is it is on sale on KentStagePosters.com. Brendan, what is that? KentStagePosters.com. They actually Kent? they actually bring you our podcast, right? Brought to you by yeah. KentStagePosters.com. Yes, that is true. We are brought to you by KentStagePosters.com, and you can buy a Numbers Don't Lie t-shirt. $20 from medium to extra large, and from 2X to 3X, it is $25. They are fantastic t-shirts. Trust me. You can trust me. I have an honest face. You can trust me. They are fantastic. Uh, Multiple people that I know have bought them. People that I don't know have bought them, and they have said these are some of the best T-shirts they can wear. We've gotten people in the media. Larry Nance Jr. has had has one, like we told you before. Uh, fantastic shirt, can't go wrong. Uh, even Larry Nance Jr. Season. Larry Nance Jr. Anthony Alford, uh, Chris McNeil, multiple people in the media have these, and they love them. So, get yours now. Like, like Brendan said, they might be off season, but they are fantastic. Numbers don't lie. T-shirt. The B is a six. Once again, you know what that means. KentStagePosters.com. Speaking of KentStagePosters.com, any given podcast is brought to you by KentStagePosters.com. KentStagePosters.com, you can find almost any one of your favorite artist posters that are performed at the Kent Stage at KentStagePosters.com. I don't think I heard you. Where is it? Uh, KentStagePosters.com. Ah, gotcha. KentStagePosters.com. But now that they know where they can go to get a poster and a shirt, why don't we go ahead and get into some football? 
couple things happened in football. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with a little bit more of a uh, uh, of a sad note, unfortunately. Ex-San uh, Diego Charger and Tampa Bay Buccaneer wide receiver Vincent Jackson was found dead in a Tampa Bay hotel room on Monday. Uh, there is no cause of death determined at this time. There was an investigation launched to let us know if there was any foul play or anything like that. Uh, me and you both talked about it yesterday. Uh, it's sad. Uh, Vincent Jackson was a big part of those those Chargers teams that were really good when we were younger. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of Philip Rivers' best teams were when Vincent Jackson was on the outside for him and Antonio Gates was playing tight end at the time. Uh, just a just a big, big, big deal. Uh, hell of a career, hell of a player, and it's just sad to see another person go so young. He was only 38 years old. Yeah, um, like I was telling you, he was an absolute stud on the Chargers, and he was also a stud on the Buccaneers. He ended his career in 2016. He had a 12-year career, a fantastic career, one of my favorites. I would always pick him up on my teams in Madden growing up. Even when I was grown up, I would still pick him up. Uh, it, 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 it's a shame. Um, they said there was no forced entry, no trauma or anything like that. So it leads you to think about what happened, which sucks. He was a family man. He was a great father. He was a great husband. He was a great football player. And it all around, it's a tragedy. When I saw that online, I, I was like, Vincent Jackson is found dead? I was like, no, not that Vincent Jackson. So I clicked on it. And it, it was that Vincent Jackson. It, it, you do a double take almost. Yeah. And it was that Vincent Jackson. And it, it it's, it's such a shame. I mean, such a talented guy, such a smart guy. He was a business man as well outside of his football career. Uh, like I said, he has kids. He has a wife. Um, he was reported missing last Wednesday, but he was just at the hotel and um, – I, I, you know, I, I don't want to say it. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to say it because we don't want to assume that that's exactly what happened. But listen, we've, we've, we've talked about mental health uh, on, on this podcast uh, a lot, a lot. And, Absolutely. and you could almost, like you said, with everything that kind of is being told, uh, the NFL community also is kind of rallying around the thought. I won't say rallying, but like coming up to the thought that that's what happened. Uh, and it's, it's, it's very sad. Uh, it could be a brain injury from his time playing the game. Uh, he did play in an era where it wasn't necessarily great for people like him on the field because you could destroy a wide receiver cutting across the middle and things like that. Now the game is a lot safer when it comes to that. You touch a wide receiver coming across the middle any low, any higher than his uh, belly button, and you're kind of you're getting flagged and things like that. There's so he played in an era where hard hits were a thing. The mixes of hard hits on YouTube used to be my favorite thing to watch, and he's been a part of them. Uh, so so just a lot of things that you could put. We're not going to assume like you said. Uh, we'll give you more information as we know it. Obviously, if it turns out that it's something else, uh, but like you said, signs point to what you think. Yeah, obviously. And 
And that comes with, like you were saying, with the CTE and stuff like that, the big hits back then. And it's just, uh, it's sad to see one of the greats go down so young. And as we know right now, it's mysterious. So um, it's a shame because I always, I loved watching him. I loved when the Browns played the Chargers and watching Phillip Rivers hit Vincent Jackson, and then or pass it off or hand it off to LT or toss it up to Antonio Gage. Shout out Kent State. Could could but, be the best team that never won a title, man. Honestly, yeah. uh, I've always been a big Chargers kind of like it's like my. You have the Tampa Bay ties, like I, for some reason the Chargers have always been my team outside of the Cowboys and the Browns, uh, mostly because of those powder blue uniforms. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And then LT, like you said, uh, just a monster. River's a monster. Uh, and Vincent Jackson, uh, just a guy that sh- shined, uh, even surrounded by stars like those three. Uh, Jackson was a big part of the game, and the NFL is certainly mourning the loss of him, and it, it's been shaken by it. Absolutely. And um, can I say one thing? I've always been a Chargers fan as well because I, we have the South Browns, which are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then we have the West Coast Browns, which are the Chargers. So I've liked both of them as well. Those are my two and three. Been a little less of a fan since they moved to L.A., but yeah. Yeah, it's, that that was kind of messed. Uh, uh, why does L.A. Uh, need so two So moving teams? on, yeah, they, don't they have enough? Yeah. So, moving on from that, J.J. Watt last Friday got cut by the Houston Texans. They didn't cut him. He requested to be cut, and they gave it to him. The reason why they cut him instead of trading him is because they said, you know what, you're, one of our, you're the greatest defensive player we've ever had. Go do what you want to do. We're not going to trade you. Go go to where you want to go. So now he's free to sign wherever he wants. And I read an article today that one of his top places to go is Cleveland. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't it be? Uh, it really like uh, a lot of people have been talking about maybe maybe Pittsburgh because of his brothers, but then you really have to decide. Aside from that. Is, are you motivated by money or are you motivated by a title? And Cleveland really is the best of both. You know what I'm saying? I really don't hope I really hope they don't get in uh get in with him at that number of 15 million. I might I might I might cry on the inside a little bit at, at 15 million a year uh for JJ Watt. Uh but but I think it's a, a big help. Uh some of JJ Watt's best numbers were when he was on the field opposite of Jadevi and Clowney. And this time he'll be opposite of Miles Garrett, who's the best pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, bold prediction for the season by the end of next year, Miles Garrett will be easily recognized as the best pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, so to, for JJ to get an opportunity to go on the opposite side of him uh, is, is a big deal, uh, I think, because it's going to help his production a lot. Neither of them will be able to really face too many double teams. You know what I'm saying? Or it might open Sheldon open up Sheldon Richardson in the middle. Uh, because J.J. Watt was the highest 
double team had the highest double team team rate of all of the NFL last year, uh, and still finished fifteenth in production. Uh, I learned I learned that stat earlier for for this conversation, uh, but yeah, uh, the Browns have the money uh, currently. Now now you you got to wor- be worried about overspending because there is a lot coming for them. Uh, Miles Garrett has been paid, but Nick Chubb is still on that team. Uh, Denzel Ward still on that team. Baker Mayfield still on that team. All still need contracts. Uh, then again, you bring in a defensive lineman. What are you going to do at the back end? Uh, are you really hoping that Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit are back and are everything you hoped they were? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's it's really what can the Browns get J.J. Watt for? Because if it's 15 to $17 million a year, I'm out. I'm out because it's that's too much. Me and you have been on this show before and said that J.J. Watt is not what he used to be. He's nowhere close. Uh, and while I'll say that he he has the talent, he's just not on the field enough. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. If it's if he wants some major contract, let him go to Pittsburgh. Let him go to the Packers. You know, because Wisconsin. Let him go to the Packers. Let him go to Pittsburgh with his brothers. But if he's asking for maybe not a league minimum, but a little higher than that, sure, that's fine. And what do we have behind him if he does go down? We got Larry Ogunjobi. Exactly. Uh, It might be crazy to think that you should be able to get him for somewhere between five and ten million. But that's where you should want the number. You you don't why? Why pay because there's then you get the argument like your linebacking core was trash last year. Uh yeah. Who are you gonna sign there? Or you also have the argument of Shaq Barrett is a free agent, he's four years younger, had more production. Looked like he was an animal in the playoffs for the Buccaneers last year. Or you could go with Levante David, who's also leaving Tampa Bay, who is a little older than Barrett, but he's going to solidify your the middle of your linebacking core and, and help that out when you could possibly bring Olivier Vernon back on a cheaper deal, knowing he's coming back from injury. Or even go look at some of the other cheaper defensive ends to maybe be able to get off uh, the edge because Miles Garrett is going to be double teamed most of the time. J.J. Watt, I think, just brings in a lot of name recognition. Uh, it helps mm-hmm. with a lot of marketing, but it also – sales. Yeah, and, and, but it also – I think it also, because, because, of, because of his name, gets a lot of people to stop double teaming Miles Garrett. Yeah, um... – Absolutely. I, I think I think most offensive lines would be more focused on JJ Watt. But I mean, I I don't know. How are you an offensive line coach when you're going up against you have Miles Garrett on one side and then you have JJ Watt on the other? How how do you equally divvy that up? Because both of them are monsters. J.J. Watt is injury-prone, like I've said in the past. He's getting older. He's injury-prone. But still, it's just the name, J.J. Watt. The dude gets his nose split every game. He's just gushing blood. You see somebody like that in your face, uh, 
I don't know about you, Brennan, but I would probably just be like, all right, hey, do whatever you want, man. No, yeah. Like I said, not disrespecting his talent or anything. It's just he's 32. He's he's played less than half of the games each of the last couple of years. Uh, I really like the idea of it at the right price. But either way, I'm not going to be that upset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If he if he takes a low paycheck one year deal so that we can pay, like you said, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, all those guys. Yeah. Why not? Exactly. Why not go for it? Why not? Because uh, he does. He might may get you over that edge. Uh, I just like like you you can't give him a one year fifteen million dollar a year deal because then where do you fill in all that depth? Uh, you found out last year that you don't have as much depth as you thought you did, uh, especially in that back end in that linebacking core. Mac Wilson kind of fell off a cliff. Hopefully he can get his ordeal back. Sione Taki Taki seemed to seem to take a stride, but. I think there's a whole hell of a lot more of a bigger deal in other holes than there is uh, defensive end, uh, especially opposite of the one you already have. Uh, Port Augustine, I think, could fill that role just fine. He did last year uh, with with, o- with, with, with with Vernon out. Uh, I do like the idea of him being behind J.J. Watt or even, or even sending out a line of J.J. Watt in the middle and doing four down with J.J. and Shelton Richardson up, up in the middle. Gusted and Garrett on the outsides. It makes it real hard for people to try to do trap runs and, and pulling guards and stuff like that. Uh, so I really think the prospect of him uh, when healthy, I think, makes the Browns instant contenders, which they already are. Uh, but even even more so might put him over that hump. Uh, but like we said last week, you fire up that Tampa Bay defensive defensive film from that Super Bowl. Uh, and and that's the that's the blueprint from now on, uh, and, and the blueprint is you got to get after Patrick Mahomes to beat him. Yeah, and and you have somebody like JJ Watt that can contain him. I agree with that, but also you got to think about the secondary. The secondary was our whole problem all season. Look, you said that Mac Wilson kind of slipped up this year. Yeah, I agree, he did. But he did a fantastic job for what he was put into, the situation he was put into. Because in his mind, he couldn't let anybody get past him to go to the secondary. Because the secondary, yeah, I, we could all agree, was dog shit. He, yeah, Wilson was turning around and running every play because he had to keep up with receivers that were running downfield because there were so many holes in that at that safety position. Now, yeah. like I said, we really hope Grant Delpit fills that hole. Uh, the thing is, is we haven't even seen Grant Delpit on a field yet, on an NFL field, I should say. And Andy's yeah. coming off an Achilles injury. So so, so let's see where he's at. Uh, I, I don't mortgage your whole future at the uh, of the safety position on a guy you haven't seen play yet. Uh, especially when that was your worst position. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Harrison can do, but he missed a lot of time for injury last year too. So unless, yeah. And uh, so unless you're going safety high or linebacker high and paying JJ Watt, that that's a prospect. Another, another aging prospect is Richard Sherman, which I personally have a love hate relationship with Richard Sherman. 
Uh, sometimes I like when he trash talks. Sometimes I do. But is Richard Sermon uh, going to come here and accept the number two role? Because he's not no, going to be... He's, no, he's not, not. going to be the number one guy, right? And and that's he's what I'm not he's not going to accept that number two role because his ego won't let him. Yeah, and that's and I that's went, what I don't want. I went to Stanford, dude. Yeah, like, and I, I came from Compton. I went to Stanford. Like we get it, bro. Uh, we get it. You it worked was, your ass off to where you are, but you're an aging quarterback. We need to get a corner. We need to get a couple young cornerbacks that are on free agency that can bust their ass out there and work with Denzel Ward. I don't think, <clears throat> I personally do not think that Richard Sherman should be on the Cleveland Browns in 2021. That's just me. I don't like his attitude. I don't like the way he plays, but that's just me. I wouldn't want Josh Norman on my team. I wouldn't want any loudmouth, you know, angry, in your face. If they're not number one, then they talk trash about your organization and one out. I don't want anybody like that on my team. I want team players. I, I want this to be a nice young team and grow this team as you would for any other team. Yeah. And I, and that's kind of where I was going with that. Uh, like I said, I have a, I have a like hate relationship with Richard Sermon because back in Seattle, uh, the mouth could be tolerated because he was that guy. He was the best in the NFL. I could tolerate it when he was that. I can't have him come to the Cleveland Browns right now and talk shit when he's not even going to be a top 10 corner. Uh, and I, I get that he probably thinks he will be and things like that, but he's he's not even going to be the number one on the depth chart. Like you said, I don't think his ego can, ego can take it. Uh, the minute Joe Wood says, wherever Denzel Ward goes, you go opposite is going to be a problem because Denzel is going to come back yeah. next year. And it's time for Denzel to be number one on number one. It's time for Denzel. Every time he lines up, he's getting Tyree Kill. He's getting Julio Jones. He's getting DeAndre Hopkins. It's time for Denzel to do that. Uh, and, and I get that Richard Sherman has always been the guy that wanted to do that. But but that's over with. You can't be that guy anymore. And it, it uh, I feel like that's going to be the conversation with a lot of people who are considering the prospect of signing Richard Sherman. It's going to be... Can he come in here, keep the ego in check because he's not going to be our number one guy? Where's he going to go that he's going to be a number one guy aside from a aside from a low rent team that's going to pay him just a bunch of money to to come in and ha- sell jerseys? Uh, uh, Jacksonville has to cover up that spot for Jalen Ramsey. Uh, they've had to for a couple years now, uh, but uh, they're the same person though, right? Uh, Jalen Ramsey, the difference is, is Jalen Ramsey's production is up right now, so so he could talk the shit. Yeah, and, that is true. And, and we tolerate it because Jalen Ramsey's one of the best corners in football right now. Let me tell you what. If – let me see. If the year was 2013 to 15 and J.J. Watt and Richard Sherman wanted to come to Cleveland, absolutely – Right, everybody would brace them with open arms. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, but in football years, these guys are old men. They cannot do this <laughs> as well as they could back then. It's 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 like dog years, man. They're almost ready for the retirement community. Right. It's it's, it's un, uh, not knocking their talent. Both future Hall of Famers, both of them, 
whether yeah. you whether you like them or not, both future Hall of Famers. Not knocking that, but for this team, I'm not really that excited about either. Uh, with JJ, for the right number, I'll be like, all right, cool. Uh, for for the prospect of, I think even if as long as long as he's on the field, it takes away Miles Garrett getting double teamed. So so for that, all right, cool. Uh, I think Vernon uh, just doesn't have the name that Miles Garrett does, but I'd rather or, or that he, JJ has. But I think I'd rather have Olivier Vernon back just because he's younger and he's going to come at a lot cheaper of a price. Uh, but we've been talking about this forever, man. Let's get into the, our final NFL news. Uh, what do you you got? You want to you want to tee it up, uh, our boy Pac Man? I'll tee I'll tee it up. My guy, he's been my guy for I don't know how many years, but my guy, Adam Pacman Jones, was arrested on misdemeanor assault charges, being accused of knocking out a bouncer at a bar in Cincinnati. He punched and kicked the man in the head until he fell unconscious. Um, let me tell you what. <laughs> we talked about this as soon as this came out. Pac-Man Jones doesn't have a fake bone in his body. He can have, what does he have, like six? He's got like four old school cars, like three new school. I think he has, might have Rolls Royce. He's got this giant mansion, beautiful fruit kid. And you know, he's coming right back. Because that's just how Pac-Man is. Pac-Man Jones is not fake. And he doesn't back down. And all these people are like, oh, the sky is blue, the grass is green. As a barstool title. The sky is blue, the grass is green. Pac-Man Jones is arrested again. It's like, dude, Pac-Man Jones does not play any bullshit. He doesn't. I'm going to say it for the first time on this episode, Brendan. Pac-Man Jones doesn't give a fuck. What anybody else thinks of them? Uh, and and I mean, it started at West Virginia, right? Yeah, I was gonna say I have smoked Pac-Man's CBD weed, no THC, just CBD. Calm me down. That was fire. Pac-Man doesn't play any games. He owns a wing and pizza restaurant down in Kentucky. He doesn't care. He doesn't need the money. This dude just came at him. It was a bar fight. Yeah, this dude came at him. Pac-Man whooped his ass. That's the, exactly. It was an altercation where probably Pac-Man felt like he was slighted or disrespected or something, and he and, and he had something to say. Uh, like you said, where has Pac-Man changed, man? West Virginia, he was smacking dudes. Since the NFL, he was smacking dudes. A couple years Tennessee. ago, yeah, a couple years ago Tennessee, he was Cincinnati, Denver. A couple years ago he was smacking a dude in, a, in an Atlanta airport for stealing some Popeyes chicken. Yeah, like, I, like I said, he doesn't—he doesn't have a fake bone in his body. Like, like that's just how Pac-Man is. Okay, okay. So, we, like you said, you want to? Oh, Pac-Man got arrested again. Who? who he, he beat up a bouncer, man. What's the dude? He beat up a guy who's there to beat people up. Like, right? How are you, bouncer, and gonna get your ass whooped by a cornerback? No, <laughs> he's Pac-Man, Pac-Man Jones. Man. He's Pac-Man no, Jones. No offense to Pac-Man Jones, but I'm saying, how are you, some big bouncer, supposed to be like a lineman? And you get your asshole by a cornerback. Come that, on, man. I mean, 
how do you look at Adam Pac-Man Jones and be like, yeah, that's the guy I'm going to pick on. How, you know, everyone knows what J- Pac-Man looks like. You know, you know that guy's going to whoop you back. You know he's going to say something back. You're not walking up to Denzel Ward and talking shit. You're walking up right. to Pac-Man Jones and talking shit. Dude, that's notorious for smacking people. Dude's been known since 2004 to be whooping ass. And you're going to come up to him? Like, that's like walking up to John Bones Jones and being like, being bigger than him. Like, hey, hey, pal, you better not do that or I'm going to grab you. And you grab him. John Bones Jones whoops your ass. That's what happened. Like, Pac-Man Jones is known for whooping ass and taking names. You're talking crap to the one guy who's most likely to smack the shit out of you. It's just the way it goes. Like you said, it's John Bones Jones. It's it, it's picking a fight with Stipe. It's it's right. it's like, like these it's guys, dumb. They, they're, yeah, they're not the biggest guys in the world, but they know how to fight. It's like Pac-Man. Like, come on, man. It's the girl on the sideline, or, or or it's the girl courtside in Atlanta who's who picked a fight with LeBron and thought he would be the one that got kicked out the game. Right, she's like, I'll kick your ass. Like, you're going to kick this fucking 6'9 guy's ass? Not even six, about. 6'8, 6'9, 280 pounds, you're going to kick that guy's ass? It's not even try. about the size, man. To me, it was that she really thought that she was going to be the one that was going to get to stay. She thought that the Atlanta Hawks were going to be like, nah, LeBron's got to get out the game. Right, the greatest <laughs> basketball player in the history of basketball on the planet now as well. You're gonna get him kicked out. But you're gonna get, get to stay. Like I just thought that was the most fun. And people were rallying around her, and I'm just like, really? Like you thought the player was gonna get kicked out? <laughs> do you do you go to Browns I games? She had the audacity. She had the audacity to say she was 25. <laughs> I know. KFC from Barstow. KFC from Barstow. Look, I don't watch him all the time, but sometimes his one minute man pop up, and he was like, you're saying you're 25. Like, was that the first time that you got plastic surgery and you quit counting? And I belly laughed at that because that was hilarious. She did not look 25 at all. She looked 40 with plastic she surgery. About, exactly. 40 with plastic surgery, right? Yeah. Like, she, she, she probably looks better than a 40-year-old, but because she's been done up. She's definitely not 25. I saw that, though. Uh, but you ready to get in some racing, man? Fun weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, one last thing on Pac-Man Jones. Pac-Man, look, dude, keep doing you. Keep being real. But, I mean, he teaches his daughter's uh, track team, his oldest daughter's track team. I think he teaches, he helps with his uh, middle child's um her gymnastic team, and then he's got Adam Jr. that he takes care of. So he is a great family man. He loves his wife. They do all that stuff. But he's he does it, like I said, he doesn't have a fake bone in his body. So if he's at the club and somebody messes with him, he's going to give it to him. And that's how Pac-Man is. He's a great family man. I follow him on Instagram, and I see everything they do, like on Christmas, Thanksgiving, yada, yada. He's a great man, always with his family. Uh, don't let this, don't let these things define you, Pac-Man, and don't let the haters that sit there and try and try and bring you down because of your criminal past, dude. 
keep doing you. You're a great family man, Pac-Man, and I love you, bro. If you ever want somebody to talk to, at Podcast Given on Twitter. I know. I, I tried to. I asked him if he could send me a signed jersey for the pod or for the well, my home podcast or my home studio before we could do it. But that's if you could send a jersey. I don't want a Cincinnati one though. Send us like a WVU jersey, <laughs> right? Send send you a Tennessee jersey or something. Nobody wants a Bengals jersey. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? Send us a Bengals jersey. I don't care. I don't care as long as it says Pac Man Jones on there. I'm talking shit, go. but I actually like the Bengals uniforms. <laughs> All right. So moving on, we had the Daytona 500. I know, Brendan, you were doing things on Valentine's Day. A lot of you were doing things on Valentine's Day. Me, I am a singular bachelor man in my almost mid-20s. I'm 24, single single man, so hit me up at the end of the show. It's right down there. You can, you can fall there. By the but, way, thank you to the thunderstorms in Florida because it did help. There you go. <laughs> but... We had the Daytona 500, February 14, 2021. Michael McDowell wins his first race ever of his 14-year career on Sunday. And it was the Super Bowl of NASCAR races. Do you want to go in more into this? Uh, yeah, we can go ahead and get into it. Uh, like he said, it's the granddaddy of them all for NASCAR. Uh, it's their annual... February Classic, whatever you want to call it, uh, any other synonym you want to go. It's the World Series of, of NASCAR. It's the it's the WrestleMania of NASCAR. It's the Super Bowl of NASCAR. That got off to a hot start really quickly and then just fizzled because of thunderstorms. A crash on the 16th lap took out nearly half the field. Uh, some of them came back after the rain delay, but shortly after the crash, thunderstorms were rolling about 3 o'clock that would postpone after lightning struck in the area postponed it for nearly six hours with the race not starting till restarting till roughly 9 p.m like i said the thunderstorms helped me out a little because then we got a race that's not ending until one or two and valentine's day festivities were over by then uh we were talking about it that night our pick we told you last week joey logano was gonna win the race uh some some we both we both kind of just thought that Joey Logano was going to be there at the at the front at some point, uh, and he did. He led quite a few laps in that race, uh, even even so much just so that he was there leading at the end. Uh, we I actually thought I, I don't want to say we were going to be disappointed that we weren't going to get a crash at the end, but I thought it was kind of going to end without any dramatics. Uh, the whole broadcast team was talking for 10, 20 minutes about how there's always a crash in the final 10 laps that we always end up setting up a green-white checkered finish or an overtime finish. This time, they get to the last lap and then disaster ensued. Yeah. um, Oh, man. They were coming around the last turn, and it was the 20th anniversary of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s passing. And so they come around the last turn. So I was sitting there with my old man. My old man taught me all about NASCAR growing up. 
every Sunday we would watch the races, but we actually watched the, um, unfortunately watched the Dale Earnhardt senior crash together. I was a young child, but I remember my dad being like, what the, like, oh, like my dad, not he, freaking out, but like, he, was he knew, he, was he knew what happened. He knew that because everybody knew that Dale Earnhardt would unstrap himself on the last lap, take yeah. off all his stuff. And then he went straight into the wall at full speed. And so my dad knew. And, but so to the last lap. So I was talking with my old man, we're watching it, you know, it's like, you know, 16 laps to go. And they're like, when's somebody going to make a move? You know, Jeff Gordon's like, these guys need to make a move soon to start yeah. trying to get the first place. Then it came down to like 13. And Jeff kept saying, like, they need to make this move. Clint Boyer was like, they need to make this move. Then it came down to, you know, the second lap. And my dad was like, it's too late. They can't do that. And Jeff was like, everybody that was in the booth, too, was like, they can't make this move. And then they hit that final turn where, God rest his soul, Dale Sr. passed away. But they turn. And then... Michael McDowell taps Brad Kozlowski to try and push him in front of uh, Joey Logano. And Joey Logano sees that, and he gets it through his, you know, through his headset. His crew chief is like, hey, go left. He's trying to pass you. But when he went left, clipped him. So it was kind of all three of their faults that this was a fiery inferno happened. Yeah, and you're watching that live, and then, uh, like you said, Legato did that little swipe to the left to block him, and he did catch Kislowski's two car. Uh, that kind of, like you said, sent him in a spin, and McDowell ends up being the beneficiary of that because he was at the tail end of that. And well, I wouldn't even say the tail end. I'll say he was at the front end and was able to just avoid Kislowski's car real quick. And then you see Logano and Kozlowski start spinning into other cars. Uh, Kyle mm-hmm. Busch. Kyle Busch ends up on fire. Bubba Wallace ends up on fire. Uh, Denny Hamlin ends up finishing the race, but he gets hit. Uh, and then you had the three. Uh, then you got fifth. Yeah, he ended up in five. But then you got uh, who you had uh, McDowell come out, Chase Elliott come out, and Austin Dillon come out. And, and when that happens on the final lap, they go to at the point of the caution flag. Uh, they freeze frame it and they figure out whose nose of the car was ahead at the point of caution. And they were all were pretty my close. Chase, my guy Chase was that close. <clears throat> I was watching. I was like, oh, they're going back to the caution flag. I was like, Chase has this. All right. Because, you know, Chase is my guy. He used to drive the 24 car. Now he drives the nine. I think he's becoming. I think he's becoming both of our guys. Think. Yeah. I think. I like. I said last week. I need a. I need a race car driver. I think to be a fan of, and I don't know if Tyler Reddick does it in the eight car for me, and I'm. I'm still bitter about Junior leaving that eight Budweiser car. Uh, some. Some. That is true. Well, some 15, 20 years later. So speaking of the eight car in Budweiser, Budweiser no longer sponsors a car. It's blue. It's I don't now know. Oreos. No, it's now Kevin Harvick got the Budweiser sponsor. Sorry, the Anheuser Busch sponsor. So he drives the Bush Light. 
And he's and in then, the four, right? Yeah. And then Kozlowski in the two, uh, Miller Lite decided to pull their sponsors, not because of anything. They just, I think it was, they're trying to like make a statement for COVID. But now he drives the Keystone Light car. And it's like, Jesus Christ, am I in fucking high school again? Like, <laughs> Bush Light, Keystone Dis- Light. Discount beers, man. You're you're in College Town, USA. Right? Am I going to these college parties down here? What am I, 18? So, some Keystone Light? So I don't remember seeing it. What's the eight car now? I seen it was uh, blue. I just don't, like, he was yeah, all torn it was, up. It, yeah, it was torn. I mean, that was, I wish he would have won. Driving for, that, uh. For him to come back had, without that back end? He had, like, a hot rod. No, it was his front end. Oh, yeah, that's right. Emmy Motor was sitting out there. He was driving a hot rod I, or a dragster. I mean, that would have been cool to see happen, uh, especially being able to come back from that crash. Uh, he he stayed with the whole – he did the rest of the race. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would have been cool if he would have been able to pull it out uh, after being one of the few that were able to come back from the big crash early in the race. Uh, but – like I said, Michael McDowell gets that beneficiary of of being right near Logano and Kozlowski and not being not getting hit by their tailspins, just able to kind of travel himself to the side real quick. So uh, he wins his first race in 14 years. Uh, I, I almost started to feel bad for him because once they started doing the free freeze frame, it seemed like they were about to take it away from him and give him give it to somebody else. Uh, but they finally did confirm that he was indeed the winner. Uh, of the Daytona 500. Uh, coming up this Sunday, though, they stay in Daytona and they go to the road track. The road track. You know who the king of road tracks are? Who is it? Is. Is. King of road tracks. Is. Is. Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. There you go. Uh, I, I'm excited Gordon. to watch that one. King of the road tracks. I'm excited to watch that one. Most people don't understand, but that means there's getting so more than I just have- left turns. Yeah, All right. So I didn't want to bring this up, but you just said that. So I have so many friends that I have tried to get to NASCAR. And almost, almost all of them have said, it's just a left turn. Do, do, it's, do. it's not. Have it's, you ever watched? Have you ever watched a NASCAR race from start to finish? It's so it's intense. Like chef. How they how they like. I mean, I'm not going to say it's better than football or baseball, but it's, I mean, it's damn near close. Strategically, it they, is. Yeah. I. They know how to draft. They know how to do all this. And then these people are like, oh, they're just driving cars. Like, yeah, I would like to see you drive a car going 190 miles per hour and then get bumped a little bit by a car going the same speed and almost go into a wall and be this close from the wall and pull yourself back into the race and go straight forward. Let's see how that goes. People that are talking shit can't even turn a car at 190 miles an hour. You want to know why? Because I couldn't. I can barely turn that motherfucker at three. 30. You know what I'm saying? I can't even turn a car at 30 miles an hour. You can't tell me that it's not impressive that they're going 190 miles an hour. By the way, didn't mean any any disrespect but by the left turn thing. I was actually making fun of those people you're talking about who say that, oh, no, we're going to make left turns. No, no, no. 
No, I get it. That's what I'm saying. Like, all these people are like, oh, they're just taking left turns. <laughs> I'm so much better than them. <laughs> it's like, no, shut up. You couldn't do, and then you couldn't do what they do, and then these people are like, they're not athletes. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's you know how hot it gets in that yeah. car when it's noon and you're racing in Texas? You and you're right. The yeah. sun's beating down and you're sweating. You got to piss into a, you got to plug in your penis or something. I don't yeah. know. You're peeing down your leg. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous, but I got one funny thing to say. So, speaking of Michael McDowell, Ian did send me a very funny text after the race. He said, about Michael McDowell, I'd pop that goofy bastard in the mouth. <laughs> He is a goofy looking guy. He is. What the heck? He he looks like the Augustus Gloop from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, yeah. I I compared him to a young principal from Ferris Fuel. Okay. I, there you go. That works too. Baseball, man. Baseball. Baseball. Let's go. All right. I got this. You got this. Um, pitchers and catchers. Begin reporting February seventeenth with report with report dates being determined by individual teams. The Cleveland Indians pitchers and catchers have been out there since last week. The sun so, comes out tomorrow. Baseball's only a day away. Oh man, I need a I need a. Issue. I serenaded you. I know, right? Baseball, a day away. Oh, man. I can't wait. So do you smell it in the air? No, oh, I, I, I can smell the cut grass. I can smell the, the dogs, the beer, the the pop, the everything in progressive field. Mm, I can smell I can smell the, the very nice old lady that uh, checks our tickets so we can go out and smoke and then come back in. She's a very nice lady. We've known her for many, many, many years. But, so, like I said, pitches and catchers begin reporting Friday the 17th with reports being determined by individual teams. Sunday that they already sent out the uh, the trailers with all their gear, so they're already on their way to Goodyear. Most players will report early, but mandatory reporting date is February 26th with expedition. I totally botched that. Mandatory reporting date is February 26th with expedition games beginning the following day. Opening day is April 1st, 2021. Indians open in Detroit with a 1-10 first pitch. That is 1-10 Eastern Standard Time first pitch. Home opener for Indians is 4-5-21. That is April 5th, 2021 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's see how these Indians can do. Your thoughts. What are your predictions on these Indians? Uh, uh, they're gonna. I, I feel like they're gonna hover around five hundred. 
Uh, the, there's some things that I think they could they can mask losing a guy like Lindor. Uh, there, so there's some things they could do. Uh, I'm excited to see what this pitching does. Uh, they did a lot last year with very few, very little run support, uh, and it's going to be you're you're probably pulling a lineup or a rotation of with Carrasco gone. Your rotation is Bieber, Plesac. Well, they might do Bieber, Savali, Plesac, and then mm-hmm. or or they might even throw us completely for a loop. And, and our rotation might be Bieber, McKenzie, Savali, Plesak. I don't know if McKenzie is going to be the second. He might be the third. Uh, all I know is I need something from Plesak this year. Uh, they, they chose him over Mike Clevenger uh, after their whole ordeal last year. Uh, and we're, we're, which, we really need the run support. Which actually kind of works for the Indians. Uh, it did, right? Because a week later, Clevenger was done for the year. Yeah, uh, now he's missing this year because of Tommy John. Yeah, and now he doesn't have this year. Uh, and they got the best value for him they could before there there was no value at all. Uh, and so that's where that's at. So probably around 500, though. Uh, look, maybe, compete, maybe they'll win a couple extra games and compete for the Central or – but look for them to compete for that wild card position uh, with the White Sox getting better. Uh, the Royals uh, were a good team last year as well. So the Central's getting better aside from like the Tigers. Uh, so look, but it's still winnable for the Indians. Uh, I don't think Lindor makes or breaks your whole team because uh, he had a really bad year last year. He wasn't really part of the team last year. So <laughs> you're not yeah. missing that much. Absolutely. Can I read you something from uh, Lindy's Sports Annuals? Yeah. Uh, my mother my mother got this uh, sports book for me for the 2021 projections book for Valentine's Day. Thank you, Mother. So they said for the infield, quote unquote, the Indians didn't trade their best player. Third baseman Jose Ramirez, second to Jose Abreu, in the 2020 MVP race after third place finishes in 2017 and 2018 has outplayed Francisco Lindor in recent years, despite less star power, quote unquote. He's outplayed him since 2016. We have, we still have our best player. That's why I wasn't that concerned about Lindor leaving. Obviously, it didn't feel good. Nobody likes to see, you know, the face of the franchise leave. But you know what? You know what's going to feel good this year is when they finally let fans in. And I'll be at a game, a game or two. I might just reinstate my uh, my season tickets. I don't know. I got to call down to the Indians and see what's up. But you know what feels good is standing there. And you hear Jose's song come on, and then everybody's going, Jose, 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 Jose. And then he hits a goddamn home run. 
Yeah, like you said, he's been the best player for a couple years now. Uh, I don't think they traded away their best player anymore. Uh, look for Jose to get that star power this year, though, now that he is the guy. Uh, I doubt they're going to market a pitcher too well. So, like, it's between Bieber and Jose. Uh, expect I expect him to market Jose a lot more. Uh, I think the only reason he's not marketed that much is because he still does primarily speak Spanish. Uh, and it's, it's hard to do... Lindor, uh, it was more in the public image because he could, he he did speak English, and and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not saying that that's a problem, uh, so don't, don't so don't hate me, please. I'm just saying that I that could be one of the reasons they choose not to put him in a bigger bigger light, uh, which is dumb. Uh, but look for him to get that star power because he is he's a star, he's a stud. Uh, look for him to carry that team. Look for him to be right back in the MVP conversation. He's been three of the last four years, like you said. I'd argue if Abreu, if he he'd have had a, a consistent year, he'd have beat out Abreu last year for it. Uh, the difference is Abreu did it all year. Ramirez waited a month, and in a sixty-game season, you couldn't wait a month. No, I I, I totally get that, um, but I'm just happy that people are acknowledging that. We didn't give away our best player. They should. But speaking of losing very good players, we want to move on to the Cavs because uh, we're running short on time. And yes, they're a disaster. The Cavs are yeah, on. Yeah, so the Cavs. Go ahead. That's you. No, that's you. So the, all right. So the Cavs are on an eight-game losing skid. They're now one and eight in the month of February. Uh, it is important to note that every single team they play, they played this this month, has been a playoff team. Those teams include the Los Angeles Clippers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Phoenix Suns. Yes, the Phoenix Suns. They are currently the fourth seed out west. Uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers, as well as a, a game last night, uh, Monday night, against the Golden State Warriors, who are in a top top of the line team right now, but they are starting to find their footing. Uh, their effort has been very lackluster lately. It's not the same team we've seen earlier in the year. Uh, I get that they're playing better teams, but it, it's it's beyond that at this point. Uh, they're not showing up. They're 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 very bad. Uh, they they they're getting a much needed break though. Uh, well, they were supposed to. But the biggest news coming out of the weekend for the Cavs, aside from them continuing to lose, is they are currently pursuing a trade to get rid of Andre Drummond. And with that being the case, they have decided that Andre Drummond will no longer play in games. Uh, last time we saw this as a Cavs fan, uh, Cavs fans was uh, the year after LeBron left, or the first year LeBron was gone uh, over in L.A. J.R. Smith uh, was basically told not to show up. We'll still pay you, but we're not going to play you type of thing. Uh, the difference is, is J.R. wasn't being traded. Andre Drummond's being traded, so they're just trying to protect an asset instead of hurt him. If they can't find a trade for him, I'm sure he'll be back on the team. What do you think about Drummond, man? Uh, I mean, they need him. Watching that game last night, watching Jared Allen, like, I mean, I get he's, he's a good big guy, but he's not as big as Drummond. Drummond... He throws the hammer down. In the words of Austin Carr, he throws the hammer down. You cannot trade that 
for anything. We need a big guy like that. That was our whole problem when LeBron was here. We had no big guy. Who was our big guy? Timothy Mozgov? Tristan Thompson? Psh, get out of here, you clowns. Yeah. Come uh, on. They almost did complete opposite, though, because now they can't decide which big guy they want. Do they want Allen, who, who played well when he first got here? But you could argue that was almost just kind of playing basketball. He, he hadn't learned the system yet. Now that he's a little more into the system, it's not working that well. So, And you've obviously decided to stick with him. It makes sense. He's younger. You're in a rebuilding process. Drummond's owed a lot of money. But because Drummond's owed a lot of money, now he's just sitting on your sideline. And you're probably going to have to buy him out unless a contending team is just like, here, take this uh, 13th guy on our roster and, and a second round pick for Andre Drummond, uh, which there are a couple teams that are calling. The Raptors are currently engaged in talks uh, with with reports of the Clippers and the Hornets being in the mix as well. Uh, unfortunately, the Cavs have a couple big men that are being paid significant money. Kevin loves another guy who they just, who's not playing that and they can't get rid of him because his value is nothing right now. And he's getting paid $20 million a year. It's unfortunately the way they go. It's, uh, I, I don't even know what to say except for it's classic Cleveland, classic Cleveland. Either you have these good guys, you know, Drummond's a significantly a young guy, so he's still in his prime, and you get rid of him, but then you bring in these hacks that are washed up, and you pay them the money you should be paying the young guys. It happens with the Indians, happens with the Browns, happens with the Cavs. You can't get rid of it. And I just don't understand why they do it. Do you remember Dwayne Bowe? Yes. The 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 most expensive yeah. nine million dollars for nothing you ever spent. You 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 spent nine million dollars for zero. Are you I I have a feeling yeah. I, you're gonna say Kenny Britt next? <laughs> How do you know? I, I just knew that's what was coming next. You know what I'm saying? I knew where <laughs> you were going with it. I knew that's where what was coming next, right? Uh it, like you said, it happens in Cleveland. Hardline. Yeah, Heartline. The thing Nick is, Nick's. I. The thing is, is Michael. Can we go on with this? We, we, we can go on for days with this. We can, and that's the problem. Yeah. The thing with the Cavs here is, what, what, who are they building around? I get Sexton has had a good year, and he's probably an All Star, but he still doesn't give me that vibe. He still doesn't give me that vibe that like, he's your franchise. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like Sexton, Garland, Garrett, Prince. If they keep Prince, I know they're going to keep Allen. Like, I get that they have kind of a starting five, but it's not a contending starting five. The thing is, is you need to get better. The East is winnable. It still is. Giannis can't win in the big games. He He's he's LeBron before 2010. He, he He's one of the best players there is, but can't get past the big one. He can't win the Eastern Conference Finals. LeBron did it in 07, but without help after that, uh, there was just no hope for it. Like you said, they brought in a 75-year-old dinosaur of a Shaquille O'Neal and was like, here, this is your help. 
The guy couldn't even get up off the floor if he fell. But here's your help. You know, the Cavs did do some good with bringing in veterans. And that was Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson, and James Jones. They did some good the second time. Yeah. Channing Fry will be a legend for years to come because of his time in Cleveland. It's the reason he's a media. It's the reason him and Richard Jefferson are both now in the media because of his time in Cleveland, their times <laughs> in Cleveland. Uh, that, that title team was a big deal. Uh, I'm sitting here looking at him. Who's on it? Mozgov was on it. Mo Williams. That was a weird pickup, right? Mo hadn't done. Oh sh- yeah. Mo will. My, yeah. Mo hadn't done shit in the league for a couple years prior to that title, but he, they, he, they brought him back and there he was. Uh, who Jordan McRae's on that team. Uh, Dante Jones, Iman Shumpert built his career. His entire career Dante is going to his entire career is going to be known because of what he did in Cleveland. Uh, then you right. Had, <laughs> then it was, where do you, where do you go to? He went to Sacramento, and then what do you go to Houston? And now he's not playing in the league anymore. Well, and then the, he well there were to, there were talks last week that he's potentially going to sign with Brooklyn, and that's probably just because he's Kyrie's boy. And he's going to be very cheap. And that's what they need right now because they have no money. And depth is very limited for them. Uh, Brooklyn is in a in, – in, I think Brooklyn is kind of in the position that the 2018 Cavs were in. Where, where they're going to be good enough to probably make it there. But once you, mm-hmm. get th- once you get there and LeBron leaves the court, there's no scoring. Yeah, and um- – so speaking of Cleveland bringing on these scrubs, so they brought on, like I said, Michael Bourne, Nick Swisher, Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson wasn't really a scrub. He just didn't have anywhere that he could fit onto that Indians team. The two veterans that the Indians have brought on in the last six years was Jay Bruce, and Mike Napoli. Probably the two best veterans for sure, right? Uh, just in terms of what they contributed to the, each team. Yeah. Mike Napoli obviously retired, but Jay Bruce is still floating around, I think. Or did he yeah. retire? I, uh, I'm not 100% on the Bruce thing. He might do, still be playing, but I'm not. But Napoli's gone. Uh, and Napoli, for that 2016 year, will forever be a cult icon. Here in Cleveland. Party in Naples. Yeah, he'll forever be a cult icon here in Cleveland because of that. Uh, so, so like have I ever, said. Have I ever told you the story about my Na- Mike Napoli? Uh, but, yeah, I believe so. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, the, uh, about Ian? Yeah. After yeah. Brown's preseason game, coming up and hugging him at uh, whatever it's called down there in Cleveland. Yeah, I remember you telling me that now. Now that you kind of gave me the bullet points, I definitely remember that. Mike Napoli looked at him like, who is this fucking guy hugging me? What is going on here? Yeah, what is going on? But (laughs) Ian's a big dude. (laughs) And that dude just comes out of nowhere and starts hugging you. (laughs) You start to wonder. Right, you can't really. When Ian starts hugging you, you can't really be like, hey, get get off me, man. Yeah. It's like. Poking the bear. But let's go ahead and finish off this Cavs news. Uh, they nearly got themselves a much needed break. Almost we're able to, we're going to be able to go a whole week without playing. Uh, 
after Monday night's loss uh, with Wednesday night's game against the Spurs being canceled because San Antonio currently is dealing with their own COVID-19 issues. They've had a couple day, couple games now. Oh. Uh, for the first time ever, though, the NBA stepped in and was like, you know what? Nah, that's not going to happen. We're only For some reason, we're going to give the Cavs an extra game. Uh, they haven't done that for anybody. There's been other postponements. They haven't done it yet. They were like, you know what? We're going to throw the Denver Nuggets on the docket for Friday night at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse for you. Uh, and that's what they did. The NBA added another game. The Cavs are going to take on the Nuggets Friday night. Uh, unfortunately, I said they needed a break because we know what they've been doing. Uh, let's hope they can find themselves before Friday so they can they can make a game out of the out of, out of it against the Nuggets, and we can start moving forward with the All Star break right around the corner. Absolutely, um, they definitely need that break. I mean, they've been out in LA or on the West Coast for way too long. Boys, why don't you come home? Come back to Cleveland. Well, and, and that's kind of where I am with it. Like even the LeBron teams when they went on this trip, struggled. I, and I yeah. don't know why they continue to do this to the Cavs where they're like, you know what, for three weeks, we're going to keep you away from home. You're going to go play San Antonio and you're going to go play Denver in Denver and you're going to go to then you're going to go out, go to L.A. and play the Clippers. But but while you're after that, you're going to go up to San Francisco or Oakland and play and play the Warriors and then go back down to San Antonio and play the Spurs. But instead of scheduling that Lakers game right after the Clippers game so you could just stay at Staples, after you play the Spurs, you're going to go back and play the Lakers for some reason. And, and, and it's just a whole jumbo of a mess that sends them to the West Coast for like two weeks at a time. And that's exhausting for anybody. Even, like I said, LeBron's teams always would go like two and seven on this road trip and we'd be we'd be flipping flipping scrap and being worried and everyone would be like, Oh, they got to do something at the deadline. They got to, And it's just, it's this trip, man. It's, it does this to the caps. It, it, it happens. And unfortunately this team is not those cha- that championship team. This team is a young team and, and we're seeing it unfold on the court. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. I can see those, uh, I mean, the young guys can bounce back from that, but why would you go from L.A.? Like you said, why go from L.A. to San Antonio back to L.A.? It, it makes no sense. Um, I don't know. That's just, uh, I guess that's NBA thinking. It's, or it's, maybe it's just, they could have made the schedule. So it's, it's, it's but, I don't know. It's definitely not efficient scheduling, whatever they chose. Ready for this day in sports history, my man? Absolutely. So Let's, I have two this day in sports histories. This should be in good. 19, I only know about one. In 1997, the 39th Daytona 500, Hendrick Motorsports posts a 1 2 3 finish with Brendan. Guess who? My guy, Jeff Gordon, winning the race. Above Ian's guy Terry Labonte and Ricky Craven, so that I mean, fantastic. That that's back when the all state. Jeff Gordon was doing was winning races. Hey, he was the 
He was the Rainbow Warrior. You know I got the jacket. I, I know. the jacket all the time. I know. Jeff Gordon was one of my favorites, too, but I've always been a Dale Jr. guy. See, I, I've been a... See, I was split between Junior and... I wasn't split. I loved them equally. I loved... Yeah, they both... I guess a little more... It was Junior and then Gordon. But the main one... Excuse me, my goodness, is the main event of interest. This day in sports history, February 16th, 1999... O.J. Simpson is forced to sell his 1968 Heisman Trophy for two, $200,000 $230, to help settle his $33.5 civil suit against Simpson for the deaths of Nicole Brown Simpson and her friend. All right, can we cut the crap? It's been long enough. Seriously, it's been long enough. It she was, was banging Ron Gold. It was. It was. She was banging Ron Goldman. What do you What do you call a guy? It's not his. It wasn't her mistress. It was her. What did Biz Marquis say? Oh, baby, you. Got what says I need. It's just a friend. And she says, it's just a friend. Oh, baby, you. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. The man Nicole was acquitted. Brown, right? Nicole Brown Simpson was banging Ron Goldman. She was banging Marcus Allen. She was probably banging AC. She was probably banging all of them. You know what? God rest her soul. Hopefully they find the killer. Hopefully they find Charlie. But, hey, I'm just saying, don't call him her friend. Everybody knows what was going on there. Nobody just has a friend. Her, her lover. Call it, call, call, call him what he is, like you said. Uh, but the thing is, is OJ is still paying that back. He's still paying on that because that two hundred thirty thousand that he got for one of the biggest Heisman trophies ever. OJ Simpson is one of the most recognizable names ever, and he only got two hundred thirty grand for his Heisman. That didn't even put a dent in that oh, lawsuit. He, he wouldn't got that back though. He wouldn't got that back. Yeah. Uh, oh, he definitely went and got it then back. He, then he ended up in jail till seventeen. But, but he he was serving that sentence. They didn't give him back in ninety five or ninety four. What, whatever the final trial was or final sentencing day 94. was. Yeah, some yeah probably sometime in ninety four. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's a big deal, right? It's a Heisman Trophy, and he had to sell it. That's terrible. Uh, for, and for for something that he was forced to pay, like you said, thirty three and a half million dollars to on a civil suit, uh, in regards to something that the criminal suit said he didn't do, and and so like you just get different judges that just have these preconceived notions, and uh, obviously evidence pointed toward the fact that he didn't do it. Uh, the glove doesn't fit. He must have quit. I say it all the time. I say it Absolutely. at work. I say it at work like once a day because I put gloves on. Uh, so, so, so that happens, uh, and nobody gets it but me. Like I don't work with anybody that's that big into football or anything like that. So I'm the only one that's just sitting there. Dying. I mean, you don't, you don't even have to be big into football to know if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. 
You would think, man, but some of them just look at me like you're crazy. There's only this one dude, and he's like, he's almost 40, and he he just dies every time. Because he's the only one that's like, ah, that's, he's the only one that gets it. Uh, and me and you get it because you get it because of the love for him for your last name. I've always loved it. I've always loved Juice. Uh, in, uh, in, in elementary school, I used to, my teacher did not appreciate this. When I was putting on my winter gloves to go outside for recess, I'd be like, if the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit. The other day, be like, okay, enough. The other day, someone came through the drive-thru with brown gloves on. This dude dude was like, man, this dude has really cool gloves. So I go and look. I was like, oh, he's got them OJ gloves. <laughs> he, had the, he had brown leather gloves on. It was so fun. It was fun. But yeah, OJ, uh, an icon. Uh, obviously, no matter what you, what you feel about him, he's still in the Hall of Fame. Uh, whether you feel he did it or not, but this judge obviously thought he did, thought he owed the Goldman some money. Uh, the rich got richer on that day. Uh, big, big, big sports event, uh, just like Jeff Gordon went in that race some 23 years ago. Yeah, um, absolutely. And um, OJ, it's yours truly. It's your nephew. Come at you live. Shoot, I said if I said who, who were we talking about earlier? Oh, I said if Pac-Man Jones wanted to come on the podcast, he could. OJ, you have an open invitation. I don't care if I'm at work. If you Anytime, email, if right. you if you email me, I will quit my job to come interview you. End of story. Right. Like I will there will be nothing between me and a 10 minutes later interviewing you. And if Ethan has a problem with that, I'll come down to Kent and pick him up out of bed and make him interview on YouTube. <laughs> Dude, if, if I get an update, it's like, you know, OJSimpson at gmail.com. Hey, what's up? What's up, little juice? What's up, juice box? You want to come interview? I'm, like, I'm there. What? <laughs> when and where? I'll, I'll get from Lorraine to Kenton 15 minutes. Cop would be like, what are you doing? Right. I got we'll juice. We'll go out to Vegas. I'll be to Vegas in you four hours. We'll go to uh, Akron Canton. We'll fly over to Vegas. That's, that's we'll hop on that golf cart. Two oh, man. two things in this world I'll go broke for. An interview with OJ Simpson and front row seats to a Browns Cowboys Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'll take that. It's just that's that's what it is for me, obviously, right? Like we, we, we run a Cleveland-centric yeah, podcast, no, I, so I've obviously got the Browns. The, I'm obviously a Cowboys fan. That's, that's the pinnacle of it for me. Pinnacle of football would be a Browns-Cowboys Super Bowl. The problem is is I'd sit there and just shit myself the whole time because I love the Cowboys, and I, I, they, they always, I always want them to come out on top in the matchup, but I, I'd still be like, damn, it's a Super Bowl. I can't root against the Browns. I've right. got I've got five of these in the back. Sure, they're from the '90s before I was born, but the Browns don't have any. Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> to wrap up here, you can follow me on Twitter at eth simpson cgod as it says right below me. You can also follow me on Instagram at eth simpson. You can follow my main man Brendan at. Follow me at B Ward C L E. I can't figure out my 
finger, apparently. Follow the po- follow the podcast at Podcast Given on Twitter, on Instagram at Any Given Podcast, Facebook.com slash Any Given Podcast. Please do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube. Thank you for tuning in. You guys have a wonderful and fantastic rest of your week. Also, go check out our shirts and any poster at KentStagePosters.com. Stay blessed. God bless and stay blessed.